The New Hampshire primaries took place Tuesday night. We have the results of that, and they are shocking, but not in the way that you would think that they're shocking. Uh, what else do we have? Super Bowl 50 in the books. We'll talk a little bit about that. Chris Christie just dropped out of the presidential race. We also have some things that he fired at Marco Rubio. We also have Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week and more right here on FritzCast. And as always, this is FritzCast, and I am your host, Fritz. I wonder if that's why they call it FritzCast. I have no idea. I had nothing to do with the naming of the show. I just, I, I'm just a dude sitting behind a microphone. What do I know? Uh, <laughs> how are you guys doing this week? Uh, still cold, right? Don't need to cover that. Uh, got, it was snowy the past couple of days. Don't need to cover that. Uh, uh, I covered FTO last week, and I'll, I'll touch up on that a little bit. Um, it has been real interesting. It's been real eye opening. Um, it's been real fulfilling being able to be a teacher, a mentor to these guys coming in, uh, teaching them policies, teaching them procedures, teaching them how our building runs versus what they were taught in the training academy. Cause the training academy can only give you so much to go off of. It's real hardcore experience in hearing it from the people who work it every day that can tell you what to look for, what not to look for, what to treat as serious, what is less serious, things like that. But it's fun. Um, people have taken notice. People have complimented. Uh, I've heard good things from higher-ups. Things like that that make me happy in my, uh, in my job situation. So that's, that's all good and fun. And... Uh, while I haven't played any video games this week, which is very depressing, uh, it's been good. Um, and before I dive into anything else, too, just popped in my mind um, because I mentioned video games. Excuse me, I'm still sick from uh, three weeks ago, so forgive me. I'm not uh, as rambunctious as I normally am, so I apologize. It'll all come back, trust me. Just give it time. Over the weekend, my wife and I and her aunt and her aunt's youngest son, a.k.a. her cousin, that's how that works. I don't know if you were taught about bloodlines and families, but there's a little crash course for you. We all went to Ikea. If you don't know what Ikea is, uh, think big warehouse, huge, massive warehouse, but they decked it out with all their products, uh, Set up like, you know, you're walking through. It's really, it's a big trap is what it is. And whoever came up with the idea was kind of ingenious. Uh, at the Ikea that we went to, you go up this flight of stairs. You grab this card that has item numbers that you can mark down as you're, as you're looking at them and, and walking through the store. They have rooms set up. You start off in, like, bedrooms. And they show you. They literally, it's a, it's... All this furniture that you can buy, but it's set up in the bedrooms. So it shows you bed frames, uh, mattresses, uh, chairs, things like that. Um, Stupid nostalgia crap that you put up on the wall to make it look good. 
it's all laid out. You walk through, it's it's amazing. You're like, wow, this room's amazing. They have signs posted. You can buy everything in this room for less than $1,000. And they break down each piece that you can buy and how much the price actually is. And that's the actual price. You could say, I want to buy everything that's in this room. And they jot down all the numbers. And at the end of the tour that you take, you can gather up all these items to check out. And it'll be the price that it said hanging outside the room. You have a good general idea of what Ikea is now. Uh, there's like a whole room full of couches. You can just go sit on couches. So we walk through Ikea. Um, let me break it down for you, too. We were actually going to take the Kia, my Kia Soul, down there, um, which is, you know, a box cube-like car. It has some space in it. It's not, you know, it's not huge. It's not an SUV. It's a, It's not even uh, my Buick Century uh, four-door sedan was larger on the inside, but it's still decent and, and pretty big. For uh, for uh, being a Kia Soul, for being some kind of cross in between her car, we were gonna take that down. And I, I looked at her and I jokingly said, you know, what if we buy something big? If we buy something big, we can't stuff it in there with uh, with four of us riding in there. Case in point, I won the argument of taking the rendezvous just just for you know uh, safety purposes. You know, we intended to go and buy two or three small items, maybe four small items. Nothing huge, nothing major. We needed some shelves that we wanted to put up that were like, you know, designer decorative bowl crap. Um, we wanted stuff like that. Ended up walking out with a couch. That's all I can tell you. We were going through, we went through the red tag stuff uh, at the end, the clearance section. They had this couch boxed up. We, we haven't had a couch. Period. The end. I should have started the story with that. It would have made more sense as to why we walked out with a couch. We had decided that we wanted love sack furniture. And I still do want love sack furniture. I don't care. I think it's the best furniture in the world. Do I sound like Donald Trump with that? Love sack is the best. Trump couches are the best couches in the world. Of the highest quality. Cushiest for your butt. Um... So love sack furniture is what I want. Just because it has that sectionals, another stupid word, but it has sectionals. So you can buy the sections, put them together in a sectional type of style, any way you want. And that's the only thing that will work in my living room is, sec- is sectional type furniture. So we see this couch. It's in a box. It's discounted by over $100. And we're sitting there thinking, like, what's wrong with this couch that it's that's for sale so cheap? So we flagged down one of the guys. We're like, is this was this a showroom model? Has this had like a thousand butts touch it? Is that why it's on sale? They told us no. They said that's on sale because that couch is discontinued. It's never been set up. It's never been sitting on our floor. It's been discontinued from the warehouse. So they send it to us. We have to knock off a hundred or so dollars to sell it. That's how we ended up walking out with a couch. And case in point, the guy was right for once. In somebody's life. Mark it down. It's a beautiful moment. So. The New Hampshire. Primaries. Not caucuses. They don't, they're not stupid like Iowa. And call them caucuses. The New Hampshire primaries are done and in the books. And we need to go over. Some New Hampshire results. If you. What? Wait, hold on. No, 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 no. No, no, stop. It's too early in the show. We can't... We can't do... What? Are you... Who's... Who's doing this? 
I produced the. We're not doing it. I'm not gonna do it yet. It has to be for later. It has to be. Okay. All right. We're fine. We'll do it without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week. Okay. Well, I guess we can get it out of the way early then. <clears throat> um. And we're going to try a little experiment here. I'm going to see if I can get audio clippings and fix them into uh, the podcast. In the meantime, I'm going to play it off of my phone, and hopefully it works on the speaker. I'm going to test it out. And if it works, I'm just going to keep it plugged in there. And if it doesn't work, then you're going to hear me read what it was. But let me let me paint the picture for you. Um, this was a rally on the eve of the New Hampshire primary, Monday night, when somebody in the crowd, Donald Trump was speaking on Ted Cruz. And specifically waterboarding. He was asked, uh, I guess Ted Cruz was asked if he would bring back waterboarding. Donald Trump goes into this uh, uh, tirade, maraud, I don't know. He, he goes into this spiel about Ted Cruz and somebody in the audience shouts something in particular out. I just want you to listen to the whole ordeal. It's about a minute long. Let me just cue it up here for you. You heard the other night at debate, they asked Ted Cruz, serious question, well, what do you think of waterboarding? Is it okay? And honestly, I thought he'd say absolutely, and he didn't. He said, well, it's, you know, he's concerned about the answer, because some people, she just said a terrible thing. You know what she said? Shout it out, because I don't want to... <laughs> okay, you're not allowed to say, and I never expect to hear that from you again, she said, I never expect to hear that from you again. She said he's a pussy. That's terrible. Terrible. And the clip goes on that the crowd starts chanting Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> Man. Where do I even begin with this? First off, think about how you want your president of the United States to act. It's a reflection of us in our society. I want you to put that in your mind first and foremost. So here he is, talking about how Cruz doesn't want to really bring back waterboarding. Somebody in his crowd shouts out, He's a pussy! That's exactly how she sounded. Probably a smoker. It's okay. That's exactly how she sounded. He says, There's two ridiculous things on here. First, the fact that he would say, just blatantly like that. Oh, he's a pussy. Um, he's laughing about it the whole time. Watch the video clip if you can find it. He's laughing about it the whole time. He's not condemning his his audience whatsoever over this. I picked this as Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week just because he said so much worse from a microphone time and again. And this time he's like, oh, that's 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 terrible. <laughs> she says he's a pussy. <laughs> I don't, I don't, never say that again, never say that again. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So just remember, Trump supporters, if you want to vote for this guy, I mean, if you want to support him for, for his views and his stance, I want to, that's fine. His character is very flawed. Very flawed. 
And I'm tired of hearing about how successful a businessman he is. You're not a successful businessman if you've borrowed tons of money, sank tons of businesses, and used bankruptcy laws to benefit yourself. That's not success. And really, just dig a little deeper into his quote-unquote success. And you tell me what amazing things this guy has accomplished. And with that, I guess it's time to go in the New Hampshire primary results. So let's get to it. The polls closed in New Hampshire last night and the votes were tallied up. And here are the results for you. Coming in first place for the Republican Party at 35.3% of the votes. 10 delegates, Donald J. Trump. Coming in second, and this is the real shocker of it all, Kasich, 15.8% for delegates. Coming in third, Ted Cruz, the winner of the Iowa caucuses. Three delegates, 11.7% of the vote. Jeb Bush came in fourth. Three delegates, 11 percent of the votes and taking a steady drop Rubio three delegates 10.6 percent of the vote Chris Christie no delegates 7.4 percent of the vote Fiorina 4.1 percent of the vote Carson 2.3 percent of the vote looking like it's time for him to be done Rand Paul 0.7 percent Huckabee Huckabee 0.1 percent Santorum 0.1 percent and the rest did not register any percentage any delegates The Democratic Party, Bernie Sanders, 15 delegates, 60.4% of the vote. Hillary Clinton, 9 delegates, 38% of the vote even. Martin O'Malley, who dropped out, garnered 0.3% of the vote. Wow. Now let's let's just enjoy the music for a second. This is for my sister Anne. Okay, that's enough. Cut the music. Really hope I don't get in trouble for that. That was Pet Shop Boys. One more chance. It's a song that's old. It's I think it might be even older than I am. Who knows? I don't really know. But those are the results of the New Hampshire primaries. Bernie Sanders crushed Hillary Clinton, which I'm not taking as a good thing. Oh, my goodness. All the millennials out there just want, <gasps> why? Because I'm not down with a democratic socialist. I already told you this, but... That's beside the point. Let's acknowledge some things with Bernie Sanders on that. His margin of victory. This is from PasteMagazine.com, by the way. Paste Magazine. Go read it. You'll get stuck to it like glue. (laughs) His margin of victory was the highest for a non-incumbent candidate, any non-incumbent candidate since JFK, he won almost every demographic group, male, female, young, old, moderate, liberal, college, educated, high school educated, with the exception of voters making more than $200,000 per year. I can't say I'm shocked. He also became the first Jewish candidate to win a state primary in U.S. history 
and the first non-Christian candidate to win a state primary in U.S. history. How about them apples? No, so seriously, that, that that's a big thing, except for the superdelegate thing. Now, I was thrown off by superdelegates, didn't even know what they were, so let me just give you... Uh, a, a brief overview, superdelegate is one that is uh, uncommitted, free to vote in the DNC convention with how they, uh, with how they choose. So uh, let's just uh, some basic information here. Again, this is all from the Paste Magazine article. Uh, according to the AP, the delegate total is 4,763. It takes 2,382 of those to secure the nomination. And of the 4,763, 712 are superdelegates. That's about 15% of the overall total. Um, superdelegates, the remaining 712 delegates, not decided by each state's popular vote, but rather by individuals who are given a vote by the Democratic Party. They are free to choose whoever they want at the national convention, regardless of how the vote went in their home state. Who gets to be a superdelegate? Every Democratic member of Congress, House, and Senate is a superdelegate, 240 total. Every Democratic governor is a superdelegate, 20 total. Certain distinguished party leaders, 20 in total, are given the status. And finally, the DNC names an additional 432 superdelegates. An honor that typically goes to mayors, chairs, vice chairs, state party, other dignitaries. Do they have more importance than an ordinary voter, according to this, yes. Each delegate has about as much clout as 10,000 voters. Why does Hillary Clinton have more superdelegates this time around? She does actually carry more superdelegates than Bernie. Um... They are the quote-unquote establishment. Establishment, establishment. You always know what's best. Family guy, anybody? Basically, though, I don't even know if I agree with that. It seems like people with power having more power over things like who's going in power. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like fail-safes, if you ask me. I don't know. It's very confusing. But Hillary Clinton has more. That shouldn't come as a shock to anybody. How long has she been around, pouting around in politics? I know Bernie's been around since the 70s or the 80s and is a career politician by definition, but he's not He's not in that same niche. He's not in that same mainstream. So you can't really count him as outside or inside if you ask me. But that's just me. And if you think Bernie's crazy, you know what's really crazy? Another story from The Hill. Um, when was this posted? Give me a second. Guess, yeah, February 3rd. I could have probably brought this up last week, couldn't I have? I don't know. February 3rd. Republican from the Hill.com. My bad. Republican presidential hopeful Donald Trump has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. Let's talk about Marco Rubio and why he dropped, though. I mean, Chris Christie, breaking news, I broke it in the intro. Chris Christie's dropped out of the presidential race. 
And Marco Rubio um, dropped. I think he was top three in in Iowa. Um, part of the reason I think he dropped, I watched the GOP debate without Rand Paul, of course, which was not as bad as I, um, not as atrocious or as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, Chris Christie had a savage moment against Marco Rubio, though, and I mean savage. Just listen to the clip. I think the experience is not just what you did, but how it worked out. Under Chris Christie's governorship of New Jersey, they've been downgraded nine times in their credit rating. This country already has a debt problem. We don't need to add to it by electing someone who has experience at running up and and destroying the credit rating of his state. But I would add this. Let's dispel with this fiction that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is trying to change this country. He wants America to become more like the rest of the world. We don't want to be like the rest of the world. We want to be the United States of America. And when I'm elected president, this will become, once again, the single greatest nation in the history of the world, not the disaster Barack Obama has imposed upon us. Senator Rubio, thank you. I do want to bring in Governor Bush on this. Hold on because one you made this. Excuse me. If you'd like to respond to the economic... I think he directly mentioned me and my record in there. So I think I get a chance to respond. You see, everybody, I want the people at home to think about this. That's what Washington, D.C. does. The drive-by shot at the beginning with incorrect and incomplete information, and then the memorized 25-second speech that is exactly what his devices gave. second speech where you talk about how great America is at the end of it doesn't solve one problem for one person. They expect you to plow the snow. They expect you to get the schools open. And when the worst natural disaster in your state's history hits you, they expect you to rebuild their state, which is what I've done. None of that stuff happens on the floor of the United States Senate. It's a fine job. I'm glad you ran for it. But it does not prepare you for president of the United States. Now, that's not the savage. That, that that that's part of the savage moment. He he tears into Rubio for giving this this quote unquote scripted line. Now listen to Rubio's reply. Chris, Chris, your state got hit by a massive snowstorm two weeks ago. You didn't even want to go back. They had to shame you into going back. And then you stayed there for thirty six hours. And then he left and came back to campaign. Those are the facts. Here's the bottom line. This notion that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing is just not there true. There it is. He knows exactly what he's doing. There it is. The memorized 25-second speech. Well, that's the, that's there the it is, reason everybody. why this campaign is so important. Because I think this notion, I think this is an important point. We have to understand what we're going through here. We are not facing a president that doesn't know what he's doing. He knows what he is doing. That's why he's done the things he's done. You know that's the, why we have a president that passed Obamacare and the stimulus. All this damage he's done to America is deliberate. This is a president that's trying to redefine this country. That's why this election is... And that's where the YouTube clip cups off. Thanks, ABC News. No, but that came from ABC News. They hosted the, the debate anyway. And Marco tried to get his zingers in. Oh, you had to be shamed going back to your state. But did it work? The audience didn't bite on it. And he went right back word for word his little rant on obama word for word and that proved christie's point he left the door open he said say something different he 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 spelled it out for him don't don't be so robotic don't go off of what your advisors just told you to come out and repeat over and over again and when he repeated the same line the crowd booed him 
that's why I can't... That's one of the reasons why I can't get behind Marco Rubio. There's the Gang of Eight, Bill, and the, uh, the just the... The hidden features in that, the fight that he had over with uh, Ted Cruz with that, uh, the the, the quote-unquote poison pill to take away the pathway to amnesty. There's a a lot of hairy stuff in there, but he and Chris Christie traded blows, man. Traded blows. So even though Christie's out of the race, give Christie some props. Um, Because... He has this kind of uh, he has this kind of a drive to him. He he's not bad up on a podium on a debate stage. He can he can sound rather intelligent. Um, he can make arguments. I don't agree with um, a lot of what he does. I don't agree with his NSA stances at all. Uh, and for the most part, I think he's you know very much one of those moderate um, moderate to left leaning Republicans. Uh, which, you know, that's part of the reason how he won New Jersey. He keeps, he always boasts about, you know, I'm a Republican that won uh, a liberal state. Well, that's because you're a Republican. You're not, I'm not going to say you're a rhino per se, but you're a Republican with the leanings that way. It's the same way that Mike Castle stayed as a, uh, not a senator, but a congressman in Delaware for so long. Um, because he, he just he was Republican in name, but his tendencies were more pushing that line and not at the moderate level. So that's why, you know, Christie's gone. Bye bye. See ya. Um I had to I had to um bring this up to uh Jeb Bush. I mean he had a surprising jump in New Hampshire. Um Number was it number number three? Kasich is just a whoa. I have to do more research on Kasich now. How did you how did you sweep in at number two? I don't even know. You were irrelevant about I don't know last week and ever since you're in the, the ever since you're in the damn race. I was trying to think of another way to phrase it. I just can't. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll have to do more research on Kasich. Jeb Bush. I don't have the. Let me pause. Let me find the clip. So Jeb Bush, you might have got three in New Hampshire, but just a couple of days ago, this comes from CNN. This clip was at a Jeb Bush rally. I think the next president needs to be a lot quieter, but send a signal that we're prepared to act in the national security interests of this country to get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. Jeb Bush. Begging for his rally audience to clap. So you tell me if he has any hope. Let me touch back up on the primaries, though. I'm going to go over some exit poll things. Uh, Nearly half, 46%, of GOP voters decided within the last few days who they were going to decide to vote on. I totally botched that line. I'm not going to go back and record it, though. 46% decided within the last few days who they were going to pull the lever for. Most of them uh, are upset with the federal government in general. Almost three-quarters worried about the economy, and that's from the Hill. So the big concerns right now are are the economy. Um, Let 
So nobody's won me over on the Republican side yet. And I'm def it's like I'm I'm do I have to pull the lever for Gary Johnson? Is that what I'm gonna have to do? I don't know. But I'm gonna you know, you have to you have to hold your cards in. There's a lot of time between now and election time, so anything can happen, really. Um <clears throat> I'm still decidedly in Rand Paul's court, he's still my guy, and I know what you're going to say. Well, Rand Paul suspended his campaign. And you're right. He did suspend his campaign. Did he say, screw you guys, I'm going home? No. He didn't say that. Here's the Rand Paul situation. Let me uh, let me, let me me break it to you, Rand Paul fans. And it, it pains me to, to go over some of this. Because um, I still back him. If his name's on the ballot, I will still put the vote in for that. If, if you Trumpies or... Or Cruzies wanna wanna say I'm tossing my vote away to the socialist, um, because right now it looks like he's gonna just sweep Hillary under the rug. Um, that's not that's not how I see it. If you go and vote, it's not a wasted vote. If you're voting for your principles and what you believe in, it's not a wasted vote. What's wasted is the person who says I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to go and cast my voice out there to be heard. Um, that's part of the reason why I do this podcast. I feel therapeutic at the end of the day, getting on here and and letting my thoughts out and getting other people's thoughts and, and connecting the dots, if you know what I mean. So Rand Paul suspended his presidential campaign. What, what a lot of people don't know is that he was running for both president and his Senate re-election. Up until recently... He was running unopposed for his Senate seat. Nobody stepped... The Democrats didn't work anybody up to, uh, to to counter him. And obviously when you do that, there's room for exploiting. Lexington Mayor Jim Gray was solicited by the Democratic Party to run against Rand Paul. One of the things he said is, oh, we're, we're, Rand Paul is focused on uh, the presidential election. He's not serving the people of Kentucky. Bull crap. Rand Paul has the highest attendance rating for all of his votes in the Senate, a.k.a. out of everybody running for president right now, Rand Paul is the one doing his job. Give credit to where it's due, because Bernie Sanders is in second place for that. They are missing the least amount out of every senator running. But, I'm a Rand Paul guy. If I want him to remain relevant in politics right now, I will respect his decision to focus on a Senate campaign that up until now was unopposed, and now he has an opponent. He has Lexington Mayor Jim Gray to run against. And you should never treat any election as a lock. Rand Paul didn't want to gamble with it, and I agree with that. I, I think he's done great work in the Senate. He has become a great voice in this sea of Republican voices that are crazy, ludicrous, and he's a constitutional guy. Rand Paul boils it all down to the Constitution and what it says. He's a guy I like. He's a guy I can get behind, and he's a guy that I know cares about me because he doesn't want federal government so intrusive into my life. And I will support him in running in his Senate campaign. I'd rather have him still be able to be on that Senate floor 
fighting for the principles that he believes in, that I believe in, and we can give this another shot in a couple years. I mean, Rand Paul has a promising future with it if he wants it. He is, I believe it was Time Magazine, dubbed him the most inter- the most interesting man in politics. So I support that. 100%. Real quick, I want to go over something that disgusted me. With DelawareOnline.com and, uh, well, it's the News Journal. Probably the top newspaper in Delaware. Now, I want you to listen to the headline that this status on Facebook from Delaware Online was posted to. The headline for the attached article was driver dies in I-95 southbound crash, traffic still delayed. That's the headline, that's the story that this status update was attached to. The status update reads, A collision backed up traffic for hours Monday morning on I-95 and on some of the major side roads. There's a certain kind of behavior that's expected of drivers stuck in backed up traffic, isn't there? What kinds of traffic jam faux pas drives you crazy? Tell us about it here and we'll use as many comments as we can in an upcoming story. And here's the latest on that collision. Colon. Driver dies in I-95 southbound crash. Traffic still delayed. You, Delaware Online and the News Journal in general, are a classless, trashy organization. You are an embarrassment of a news source. For the state of Delaware. A man dies. In a traffic accident. It causes a traffic jam. Yes. Anybody caught in a traffic jam. No matter what the reason or the purpose is. Is probably going to be. Just a little pissed off. But you're going to exploit it. In that manner. On your social media page. For a story. You're going to use that. To try to gain people's views on what pisses them off in a traffic jam. A story where a man died in a car crash. You're trash. You're terrible. Donald Trump has more moral character and moral fiber than you do. And that should be saying something. So sorry if I got a little passionate in a rant there. But that newspaper, that news organization is complete garbage. And before you say, well, why do you follow them on Facebook or whatever? That's part of the sponsored ads that can show up in my feed, number one. And number two, that's the most shared news source for Delaware online. And considering I run a podcast and I like to stay up to date on my news, it's actually one of the sadly top sources I can get for local news. And that's a shame. So, let me move on to lighter topics. Super Bowl 50 was this past weekend. I'm not going to dive into 
the political madness that was in the halftime show. I'm ready for a Metallica halftime show. Just let the boys play for for the love of God. Um, put I I can't. First off, I'm not the Super Bowl watcher that watches for the halftime show. I'm the Super Bowl watcher that watches because I like football. I don't watch for the stupid commercials either. Now some of them are funny. The Doritos commercial where the guy is eating a bag of Doritos while his wife is getting an ultrasound. Hilarious. What's even more hilarious? There's an organization saying that that commercial should be banned for humanizing a fetus. Are you kidding? Are you, 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 you're joking, right? Humanizing a fetus? Huh... Humanizing a fetus. You know what a fetus uh, turns into? In humans, at least, anyway, it turns into another human being, eventually. I know this is a touchy subject among people, abortion, and we're going to dive into it very soon. I can I can feel that we're going to dive into this very soon. It's a touchy subject, but yeah. Um, fetus, whether it's developed or not, will develop into a human being. It can't develop into a bar gold. Uh, it can't turn into a kangaroo or a dog. Uh, it will become a human being. There is no such thing as humanizing a fetus. Get over yourself. That's political correctness uh, gone mad. Um, so just, just forget it. But Super Bowl 50, the game itself, I thought, was just fantastic. It was a, a hot defensive contest. A lot of back and forth. Uh, Cam Newton... <clears throat> initially during a press conference afterwards. You hear my voice going in and out? You hear that? <laughs> Cam Newton. During his press press conference, he could overhear one of the Broncos players saying that they challenged him passing, and he, he stormed off. Cam Newton admitted that he was a sore loser. Immediately after the game, he did run up to Peyton Manning. He gave him you know the handshake and all that. He lost a big game, but he was a sore loser at first. Very, very not Donald Trumpish. Very not Donald Trump. Nay, nay. But that's beside the point. He admitted it. He manned up. <clears throat> and he said, Look, I was a poor sport. I lost. I shouldn't have done what I did. Peyton Manning, though, gets his last hurrah, gets his other ring. Eli Manning. I don't know if you saw the pictures. Just Google Eli Manning. I'm sure it will pop up. As one of the top pictures, he had this look of just utter discontent on his face. Just like, oh my God, I'm completely irrelevant if, if Eli gets, or if, if Peyton gets another ring. If Peyton gets another ring, we both have two rings and, and he has a way better legacy than I do. And I just, get, that gets my jollies going, man. I love it. Love it. Way to go, Peyton Manning. And probably what was your final Super Bowl and final football game. Uh, it wasn't the best of your football games, but your best days were behind you anyway. But you, you you got the ring. You got the ring and you're not a loser. You're a winner. You're a winner like Donald J. Trump. And that's what we like, I think. I don't even, I don't like it. That's for damn sure. But forget about that. So, 40 minutes. <clears throat> Again, thanks for being patient. I know some of you guys were like, seriously, where's the podcast? I had people like, you're not doing it till Wednesday? Why not? Nah, I wanted to get the New Hampshire results in, and I got them in. Can you believe that there's a Republican debate Saturday? 
<sighs> please, please help me. And <clears throat> let me just mention the Democratic debate. I just want to touch base on it. Now that it's just Bernie and Hillary, it's going to get nasty. Because there's no O'Malley in the middle to go, Hi, I'm Martin O'Malley, and I want to... Can I get a word in here edgewise? I would just like to say that uh, I think that my way is a little... Shut up! It's unfortunate that O'Malley's not in anymore, but it's going to get hot, and it's going to get very, very ugly, if you ask me. Very, very heated and ugly between Hillary and Bernie. Now it's just the two of them. Especially now that Bernie... Slammed her in New Hampshire Be interesting to see how the other votes come in So Take some time this week Enjoy yourselves Share this podcast if you please And join me again next week We should be on the regular schedule On Monday Join me for another edition of FritzCast Thanks for listening Appreciate you all Love you all Good night And good luck